You know there's some question about your lease, Mr. Russell. What do you mean? That house shouldn't have been rented. Miss Norman rushed those papers through our attorney's office. She did not use proper channels. Why should anyone object? That house is not fit to live in. No one's been able to live in it. It doesn't want people. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. Episode 176, welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we learn how to fix that pesky leaky faucet on this edition of... This Old House. Don't sue us. <laughs> it's going to be the most informative episode we've ever done. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, uh, I got my I got my old homeowner, Marty, to come on the show. Oh, Marty! Because we all know how much Marty well, knows how we, to fix up a house. Before we uh, introduce Marty, mm. what's going on, guys? I'm Bob Vila. <laughs> I'm Al Borland. <laughs> nice pull. Thanks, man. Nice. I didn't know we were doing that, but I, I that makes went, it that makes it so much better. I uh, I guess I could have went with what's that guy's name? I don't know. Tyler what... Tyler Pen- Pennington <laughs> Pennington Pennington. Oh, Ty Ty Pennington. Ty from, Pennington. Uh, I could have gone with an actual this person. Extreme extreme home makeover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy that looks like like the. Like the poor man's version of Mark McGrath on a good day. Yeah. Sort of. Kind of. <laughs> oh, boy. Mark McGrath looks like the poor man's version of Mark McGrath. Now that he's got... He's, that's unfortunate. He's had a lot of... Don't get me wrong. I love Mark McGrath. As do I. Love Sugar Ray, but I think he's had a lot of work done on his face. I have a fun story about Mark McGrath. Really? I do. Weird. All right. Let's so, hear it. So this week, I, I watched something that I have been meaning to watch for a very long time. I, uh, I It came into my possession uh, probably about two your, years ago. Your, your dreams die? I, <laughs> well. Hello, to, darkness, <laughs> my old friend. <laughs> Didn't know we were getting that deep today. But uh, no, I watched the live-action Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, nice. I've been wanting to watch it for a long time because uh, James Gunn wrote it. Oh, you've never seen it? I've never seen it. And I'd always wanted to watch it because of that. And if you know anything about the movie, there is the, the uh, not even a legend at this point, because James Gunn came out and said it. The movie originally got an R rating from the MPAA when it first went in front of uh, mm. the censors. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, because it was kind of like this, this I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word raunchy, because I don't know how raunchy it was, but there was a lot of like sex jokes, a lot of like stoner jokes. The uh, the The girls were like, bearing a lot of cleavage like it was, it was def- all the it was all the obviously uh, like the the obvious undertones that we put into it when we were no they put into it, it was, i'm yeah. i'm saying like uh, as we got older and we saw scooby-doo who didn't realize that all that's like the they were smoking down oh, on that yeah. Band, oh yeah right and and the fact that scooby and and shaggy always wanted to eat oh, they always had, they the had, the, had the munchies yeah and the fact that velma and um uh, what's her face? Uh, Daphne. 
Yeah. Velma and Daphne are had both, a, Are both total babes and like everybody... Total babes. Fred always wanted to fuck Daphne. You know, that kind of thing. In the movie, in the original script, there was like a lesbian scene between Daphne and Velma. <laughs> there, like Fred tried to like fuck Velma at one point, like or, or, or Daphne at one point. Um, but there was a whole bunch of stuff. And when it went in front of the ratings board, it got an R rating, especially mm-hmm. for one apparently really crude oral sex joke. Really? And uh, it gave it an R rating. I don't know what was so bad that it got the R. But when that happened... I guess the studio just double backed and changed everything. They cut out all almost all of the bad stuff. They digitally enhanced with CG some of the costumes to cover up the cleavage. Really? Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty gnarly. Um, Come on. But so I'd never seen it though, and I wanted to see how much of it still hung over because according to James Gunn, some stuff made it through. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene where. Um, they body swap sort of like their minds get put put in yeah, each other's yeah, bodies yeah. and uh fred is in daphne's body and like once he realizes it it's sarah michelle geller who plays daphne she yeah. pulls her shirt up and looks down and just gets like mm-hmm. gets all excited like there's a there's a part in the the mystery machine where there's just billowing smoke out of it and when yeah. you get inside it's oh they're cooking on a barbecue right, but like right. the obvious jokes are there yeah um yeah I liked it a lot, though. It was really good. Like I, I was like legitimately laughing at it because it was, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Like I kind of expected it to be. I actually don't know what I expected it because being that James Gunn wrote it, and I knew the backstory. I, I didn't know what all uh, to expect. But, hey, <clears throat> what the fuck does this have to do with Mark McGrath? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Uh, so Sugar, That's a really cool so, story. So but... Sugar Ray is in the Scooby Doo movie. Mm-hmm. They perform in it, and they actually get turned into zombies or whatever themselves, and use their instruments to tr- break into a house and try to kill them. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Okay, I was <laughs> like, I was like, he's just gonna, you're just gonna keep talking about how much you like live action Scooby Doo, and you're never gonna get back to Martin. It was, <laughs> it was really great though. I liked it. And this is a little I peek. Posted... This is a little peek at how our normal conversations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for the most part, the show is just us having normal conversation, but we try to stay on track a little bit. Sometimes there will be times where we talk for like three hours and then we'll be like, we what? never touch on the topic we were supposed to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we'll be like, what? we started off talking about baseball gloves why? and now and we're talking why about. Why are we talking about the mating the habits Mariana's of platypus? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Because <laughs> you I make don't get baseball it. gloves out of platypi. 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 Dude, there should be like a, a new like kids, like a moon pie, only it's a platypi. I don't know if platypi is an actual word. Yeah, it is. Is it? I'm, you don't say platypuses. I think you just say platypus, like goose. Oh, is or, it? Or, no, no, no. Hold on, I'm fucking it's that up. Geese, geese. Yeah, no, uh, like no, 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 no but, like moose. But if there are like more a, than if you have a herd of moose, but I if, think if you have you have you have a uh, what would you call? I'd call them a cuddle. That's what I. <laughs> okay. You have a you have a cuddle of platypus. I like oh, that. Or, or platypus? Is it platypi? I don't think so. I don't. I I, I always said platypi. Maybe that's wrong. That's what I always. You've said actually said that word before. Yeah. You've had a situation in your life where you were talking about multiple platypus <laughs> and you had to say platypi? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You, you don't? You got an interesting life, dude. I, was, I mean, I didn't think it was that interesting, but you're making me feel really good here. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Scooby-Doo is great. Highly recommend it. There are some really good set pieces in it. Like, I actually posted mm. a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, really good. I was kind of shocked when I saw it, actually. Um so yeah, I know. I recommend it. Everybody should watch it. I haven't seen the second one yet. I'm going to do that uh, hopefully this weekend. But Cool. 
Yeah. Um, what else have you been up to? What else have I been up to? I had a very interesting conversation with a gentleman at a comic book store okay. just the other day. So I went there to pick up my first issue of Death, uh, Death to Army of Darkness. If it wasn't Mark McGrath, I don't care. <laughs> Unless it was and the singer. And in walks Mark McGrath. <laughs> Unless it was the singer from Smash Mouth, and then I'm back on board. No, so I used to go to this comic shop a decade ago, if not more, decade, 15 years ago, right? When I was in uh, comics like a lot heavier when I was What's a kid. What's the name of the place? Um, it's, uh, it's right up here on the corner. It's uh, Comics Corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I used to go in there all the time. And there was this dude that was in there that was like the most stereotypical, scrawny, giant goatee, Coke bottle, yellow-tinted glasses, like... Just looks like he actually. I'm pretty sure he still lives in his mom's basement, and he's in his fifties. Like, very, very stereotypical <laughs> comic book kid, right? Or comic all, book guy. It's all very offensive. To oh some yeah, people. yeah, horribly. So I go in there and I'm talking to the guy, and uh, we we got we we're talking about the fact that Marvel might start publishing DC comics. Something came out. I don't know how true it is, but yeah. we're talking about that, and somehow we got on the topic of TV shows and this and that. And he's just like, oh, blah blah blah. I, well, I just I just download everything, man. Blah, blah. But I don't do I don't do piracy because it's for me. I'm not sharing it. It's for me. And I'm like, what? I don't think that you understand how piracy works. Oh, like yeah. you downloading it off of the internet is you stealing it, stealing that in- intellectual property from the owners. And then, that is, and that then is keeping it for yourself. piracy. It doesn't matter if you show it. He goes, no, no, man. I, I'm not hurting anybody. It's for me. I'm not making copies of it. I'm like, that <laughs> doesn't you matter. Should've, you should have been like, uh, you know, Blackbeard, like, when he would plunder riches from other ships, he wasn't turning around just like throwing those riches out yeah. to other people. Yeah. He would keep it for himself. That's he wasn't, what a, he wasn't that's Robin Hooding it. Yeah, that's what a pirate does, you jackass. Wow. This guy was so dumb, though, and couldn't wrap his head around it. And I was actually getting kind of mad, because I'm like, you are one of the people that are destroying the industry that I love so much. <laughs> like, knock it the fuck off. But well, I was be, not about to have that conversation with him. To be him. fair, you were one of those people for a while, too. Yeah, for a while, and, until I realized what I was doing, and then I was smart enough to stop. Mm, Till uh 9,000 streaming platforms came out. No, yeah, no, I didn't. I stopped stream. Or Actually, I stopped hold on, no, no. This I'm a you're long the, you're, time ago. Yeah, you're the wrong person for me to be yeah. accusing of this because I'm, I did it I'm, for maybe a couple years when Napster was around. Because I'm looking, Moyer, but because I'm looking three feet to my right and there's five thousand movies. <laughs> so none of which are burned unless they're I, like bootlegs. And I look a foot to my left and there's another thousand laser discs. <clears throat> another what? Thousand laser discs. <laughs> But uh, anyway. and I look even further to my left, and I should announce what we're watching on oh, the, yeah. the please, television please tonight. Uh, tonight we have a nice uh, Matrix screen going on. Oh yes, it's very. Uh, we took the blue pill. Oh, it was cocaine. I took. Wait, can you take a cocaine pill? This is how. This is how not into drugs I am. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I probably. I mean, could you just ingest it like that? Well, you can ingest cocaine. Yeah. Like they used to, like Coca Cola used to. Well, Coca Cola used to have. Uh, I don't know about the history of Coca Cola. I know that they used to make it from like real coca, yeah, coca leaves yeah. or whatever. So there was, but I remember seeing something about. I want to say it was Freud, one time, and how he would, uh, he, he would for himself like um it was like a, a history channel kind of thing, and they were just showing like he would put a little bit of cocaine into a glass of water and mix it up and drink mm-hmm. it. Okay. So yeah, it makes sense to we be should, able to take a. We should get some cocaine. Try this. Let's get some fucking cocaine pills, right? We'll get coke. We'll get what's cocaine. A, what's a little coke machine, friends? Right. 
As long as it's as long as it's between us and we're not sharing it with anybody else, we're not not we're not doing anything wrong. That's that's not a dependency to substance. We'll shoot up to Comics Corner and we'll only share it with that guy. Mm, I like it, and we'll be all right. I like it. Uh, What about you? You up to anything fun? Oh boy! Uh, If the answer is no, we can just go right past it. I don't know. Got a (laughs) got a gym membership, and I'm gonna make you start coming to the gym with me. Okay. What's your? Can we can we hit up Taco Bell on the way back? Yeah, totally All right, do. done. Uh, I found the tastiest treat, and it's because uh, I've been trying to eat good, you know? Trying to eat good? That sounds dumb for some reason. Trying to eat healthy. Mm. I'm just going to... Your wife must be on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm keeping pretty... Like, I'm breaking it tonight because I'm... Right, right I'm over. Drinking right, beer. Right over. <laughs> shut, shut up. Shut your fucking mouth. Um, no, I know what you're saying. I just I don't want to address it. Uh... There's a vine undress it. There's this dried mango from from Target from their like organic line of stuff, and it tastes like mango flavored leather. It's like super chewy like leather, and it's fucking delicious. You were telling me about this last night. It's like fruit jerky. Yeah, yeah. But even tougher. Like I've had fruit jerky before. This is way tougher, and it's so good. It's like eating a piece of shoe leather that tastes like mango, and I love it. And you tried some of the dried blueberries. Mm-hmm. It's like cereal. It's it's. I was it's actually legitimately thinking like, about uh, pouring milk over it. Yeah, but I can't it's, drink it's milk. Like so. Captain Crunch. It's like the Captain Crunch Crunch Berries, only real. Exactly. Or kicks, blueberry kicks. Exactly. Kicks from my jam. Mike and I were just sitting there last night, just enjoying a couple of healthy snacks between friends. You know. And cocaine. Growing old. <laughs> we're getting old. Why am I eating healthy? <laughs> but then you had Taco Bell today. And, you know. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I fucked that mm. up, didn't I? Um, so okay. I don't think I've had much else going on. Let's move know. into some some something that happened this week, uh, real quickly before we get into the show. Okay, that doesn't necessarily fit into our normal topic, but we've been talking about it, so I wanted to bring it up. And that is, we got more shots from the Batman movie. Oh, neat! More specifically, the Batmobile. Oh shit! That looks legitimately like an old muscle car. Yeah, like half with the '60s fins on the back, but like I don't even know how to describe it. It looks like a Mad Max car. Actually, is what it looks like. It looks like uh, the front end looks like an old road Roadrunner. Oh, yep, you're right. Yep. Actually, that actually, wouldn't, I'm, I'm that wouldn't guess, shock me if that's what they started. I'm actually with. guessing that this is it's a it looks like a Roadrunner. Yeah, totally, dude. You're I'm guessing into that. that it, you're guessing that it no, looks I'm, like a Roadrunner. I, I, you know what I meant. <laughs> I'm guessing it's a Roadrunner, or at least it's based off of like a 19 like a 72 mm-hmm. Roadrunner. Like what? Uh, what the fuck's his name? Uh... He plays the king in Cars. He plays the king in Cars. Yeah, he plays the Dynaco king oh, in Cars. Oh, that Cars. I, uh, uh, what the hell's his name? He's like the most famous NASCAR driver of all time. Dale Earnhardt. Well, no, not him. Um, I, I guess maybe he's he's. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name. Uh, um, I'll figure it out. But anyway, yeah, I like that. That looks awesome. This is proving to be the most gothic-looking uh, Gotham. Since probably the Michael Keaton movie, mm. the first one, it mm-hmm. really is like it's and like totally noir sort of too, like a little more steeped in realism. Yeah, I'm absolutely into it. This movie is uh, making me even more excited every day. So uh, anyway, that's that. I just you, wanted to bring that up. You got a boner? I do got a boner. <laughs> we should uh, we should correct that. Oh God! All right. Well, I'll be back after I take care of that, and we'll do some corrections. Stupid! You're so stupid! Okay, thank uh, you for uh, taking care of that. 
Appreciate very, it. Very welcome. I do quick work. Uh, before <laughs> so, we get so into last week's corrections, I'll just correct this on the fly real What's quick. That? Richard Petty is the driver ah, I was Richard talking Petty. about. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. I don't. I don't watch NASCAR, so I wouldn't honestly know. I only know the guys that are in like pop culture. You're such a pop culture whore. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I don't even know what that means. All, All right, right, let's either. see here. Uh, there was a movie we were talking about last week that we could not, for the life of us, remember the uh, the name of. Uh, it was the one where the we were talking about where the, the girl the, in, inhales a dude with her vagina. With her vagina, yeah. yes. It was called Grim Prairie Tales. Ah, that was the one. That was it. And then also, we were talking about Candyman, and I'm going to be careful about this. Uh, we couldn't remember what happened at the end of Candyman. Mm. That yeah, where, don't give to, it away. To where I that mean, it could play into the new one. Sure. I'm not going to give it away for okay. anybody who hasn't seen it. I just wanted the people to know that we did correctify ourselves. Okay, okay. That's it, all. Amongst ourselves. Yes. Um, we didn't mention Vanessa Williams. Is, she returned for the, the new one. I don't know if she's playing the same character, but I assume she is. Oh, okay. I actually didn't even know that. Right. Anyway, I got a few here. Um, we were talking about pluralizing stuff last week, and much like Ooh, like platypi, much like earlier when I said it's like when you say uh, goose and it's blah blah blah, and then we said no, it's geese, dummy. I said last week I said something blah blah blah. It's like when I say beers, uh-huh. that's how you fucking pluralize the word beer. So I'm dumb. <laughs> You say beers. I think it's just because we... Well, no, I think it both are acceptable because you can look at a table and go, hey, do you guys want some beer? Or, hey, I brought I brought beer over for you, and it can be a whole bunch of glasses of beer. Yeah. I think both are acceptable. Are they? Yeah. I feel like saying beers is more just like a, it's like a Polak thing. It is, kind of, but beers... Let's get some beers. Yeah, I don't think beer... <laughs> Did you actually look it up? Or... No. I don't yes. know. <laughs> I don't care that much. So this isn't even a real correction. You're just, more just making it up as you go. Actually, most of these are not corrections. It's just me like kind of nitpicking our episode from last week. I do want to say one thing. What? If there was multiple characters of the character Goose mm-hmm. from Top Gun mm-hmm. in a room, the pluralized of like a whole bunch of clones would be there's a whole bunch of Goose in the room. So that would make sense. Uh, I would argue that you could actually, at that point, if there gooses? was, if you'd say Gooses. <laughs> could be. I would call them geese just for fun, because that'd be more that would be more funny. This is a very extreme hypothetical situation that we are <laughs> we're coming um, up with right now. Anyway, ten seconds after we got done talking about how I was a jackass for uh, pluralizing the word poonchki. I know I said it. You did it. <laughs> I know. So fuck off. Yep, sorry. Um I did indeed say I need three more glasses and an orange before you threw three oranges at me, and then you fought with me saying that I said a glass did it ever cross your mind that I really just wanted to pelt you with three oranges? Didn't work, did it? It didn't. Because I, I caught all three of them. It didn't. It's true. Uh, going into the bleed feed, you said, let's start off on a good note. And I said, a C sharp. And then you sang a note. That note was actually an F sharp that was slightly flat. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, at least I was kind of there. It was probably like 11 cents flat or so. Um and then I also want to apologize. I've got two apologies you here. You really do have the nitpicks this week, don't you? Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> I actually listened to the episode for once. <laughs> I want to apologize. I was kind of a dick to you last week. I blew up at you like four or five times. I'm apologizing. Yeah. I'm being the bigger person. Yeah. But I also... If it's not me freaking out over dicks, it's you being a dick. It's just <laughs> something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I do also want to apologize... Uh, on Mike's behalf, oh, to the listeners, <laughs> because like two or three times, you said, 
and this is I, I know that you're not gonna personally apologize for this, but it it grinded my gears so much that I have to bring it up. A couple times throughout the show you said, and it was an absolute treat. <laughs> I was What's every, wrong with that? Oh, it made you sound like such a milk sipper, dude. I was like, <laughs> oh god. Every time you said it, I cringed. I was like, oh, um, it milk was an absolute treat. It was an absolute treat. Yeah. It was just. Now, see, now I'm just gonna say it. Oh, it's gross. I just pick like I picture you like with a <clears throat> I, like a like the proper way to eat Pringles. What's the proper way to eat Pringles? The proper way? You yeah. Hold them between two fingers and you. But straight out of the can. Right? Oh yeah. This is how I picture you putting Pringles, plain Pringles, not flavored, on a plate. You put them on a plate, and then you get yourself a like a brandy snifter full of room temperature milk. <laughs> And then you take a bite of the plain Pringle, and then you take a little tiny delicate sip of the milk, and then you say, that is an absolute treat. <laughs> That's what I picture when you say, that is an absolute treat. I'm going to keep that in mind. And, right. good, to, good to know. And I hate you for it. So I wanted to apologize mostly from you to me. Oh, well, just, well, well but, thank you for that. But just in case there are any other listeners out there that uh, couldn't take it. Oh, I'm pretty Mike, sure Mike apologizes to you. I'm too. pretty sure that's a big fat goose egg, but I'm gonna let you run with this. I think you might be the only person. I'm, actually... I'm weird about some things, dude. You know that. <laughs> I some, do something about the. I hate I, like the word treat. Kind of in certain contexts, kind of sucks. It's like hey, if like if, like hey puppy, you want a treat? That's fine. But when you're saying like that is a treat, it just sounds gross. It's like cupcake. I think. I love cupcakes, but don't. This I think this is one of those moments where I'm looking at you and I'm like, this is how I know you're you're a murderer, like because little things like this set you off. See, like you're a psychopath. <laughs> no, the, no, this is, and I was thinking the exact same thing. I was saying it, you must be a psychopath to say absolute treat. Maybe I am. Maybe we're. What if we were both psychopaths and we just hadn't come out yet to each other? Did you murder somebody yesterday? And we could have spent we could have been spending all of this time murdering people together and instead, instead of doing instead it separately. We're, instead we're doing this stupid <laughs> show. <laughs> Let's just go murder people. Can we still drink? Oh yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, this is our last show. So <laughs> the we're gonna start the murder or the, the drunken murder podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just talk about how we did it. <laughs> there will be or we'll take the OJ approach. If we did it, if we if did we it, did it. <laughs> can't be can't be responsible. Um, all right, are you done nitpicking? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are we What are we actually doing this week? <laughs> Not fixing leaky faucets. Uh, well, you want to grab the beer? Or you want me to? Yeah, I'll grab. Okay. It. Um, so Michael found us a beer from a uh, from a brewery we've never had before, and it's called Oh shoot, it's uh, it's French, and I forget how it was called. Is it Unani? It's actually from Chicago, so I don't know. I don't know why they here. Let's uh, let's let Siri, uh, Siri do it. Unani. 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 If you're following, if you're following along on our uh, our uh, schedule that we put up online, you would know that this week uh, the two movies were The Orphanage and The Changeling. Right. And so the theme of this old house is uh, it's pretty much exactly that. Super old houses that got uh, got a little bit of a past. Although this doesn't really go along with the house, but it does go it along with a, a pretty big theme in uh, 
the orphanage. The orphanage. So this from Unani, uh, which I know now is one year in French, uh, from Unani Brewery in Niles, Illinois. This is called Accident in Hubbard's Cave Imperial Stout, and it's a 12 percenter. Yeah. So <laughs> didn't uh, didn't realize that when I bought it. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Sorry. I had to grab some glasses here because I have a feeling a 12 percenter out of a can is not going to be uh, the greatest thing ever. Have a little, you gotta, you, do you sniff it in the can first? Uh, <laughs> no, you, no, you because sniff, you're going to get the can. can. You're going to get the can smell. So I'll, no. I love smelling a good can every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> only, only fresh out. Oh, my God. That is oh, black baby, as night. Oh, baby. That's black that as night. That is black as night. Wow. Where'd you get this? Uh, canteen. Okay, I was gonna say if this is from <laughs> Embassy, I'm guessing it's, it's not it's, supposed to be it's this black. Not supposed to be that black. It it literally looks like an oil slick. Wow, wow, we wow. This is uh, it doesn't even have any head on it. No, it's it weird. doesn't. Man, what a sad existence. No, no head. No head. It smells good though. I don't. It smells some, like uh, I don't cocoa. Who lived that life? It smells like cocoa almost. Oh. It does. <laughs> cocoa right? and uh, coffee. A lot of coffee. Yeah. Or or is that just because we're drinking coffee? No. Stouts, imperial stouts usually have hints True. of coffee anyway. Well, cheers. All right, careful over the uh, yeah, equipment it's a very, here. The very <laughs> Gentile. Uh... Non-Jewish. Very Gentile. Ooh. Oh, wow. That is a treat. <laughs> <laughs> that is just an absolute. An absolute treat. That is an absolute That's, treat. Is, it's thick and molasses-y. Mm. Oh yeah, molasses. Big There's time. a really heavy molasses. It's really thick. Um, it almost tastes like medicine. Mm. A little bit. Like there's a little bit of a medicine-y aftertaste to it. I'm getting a little bit of uh, boot black. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, some uh, hair powder. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that is a stiff, strong drink. Mm. I will be sipping on that just like I do my milk all night. Oh. <laughs> oh god here we go here we go oh dude <laughs> so bad that's so gross dude <laughs> that not so much i don't care i was thinking if it changed the flavor maybe like can you, aerating it can you like you could like you'd be okay watching somebody just like like just very delicately sip milk I don't think that I would care. Really? <laughs> There's nothing about that that bothers me. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. This is fucking. You can't watch somebody drink drink or sip milk the way that I can't watch somebody just eat yellow mustard. Oh. Like I will vomit if I see it. Yeah. And it's I gross. will eat yellow mustard in front of you. You put yellow mustard on Oreo on this very show, you and Jay. That's right, I did. I also sent you a snap. Once again, this is how I know you're a psychopath. I also sent you a snap of me taking a shower and washing my hair with mustard. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you, oh, you did. You remember that? And then Jay but, did it too. But the joke was on me because uh, <sighs> my scalp burned for like <laughs> for like five hours after that. What is in mustard? The devil. <laughs> like Literally, it's it hell. seriously burned. I thought maybe my hair was going to grow back. No, no. If anything, it probably thinned it out more. Yeah, damn it. You just clogged up all your pores. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if your well, hair started just growing out bright yellow because like it stained it, that'd be awesome. If it came out bright yellow, but there was more of it, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> just honestly, deal with it. yeah, <laughs> diet, whatever. All right. Uh, all right. Well, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. 
right. <laughs> All right. It's the bleed feed. <laughs> Okay, uh, we're gonna start with some uh, some fun news here. Uh, so, <laughs> who died? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, not like, once again, not uh, not a whole lot of at least big horror. Uh, wait, no, hold on. Oh, what did I miss? James Lipton, dude. Oh, I do. Jeez, totally not horror that. necessarily, but I mean, as far as the film industry goes, that's yeah. Uh, I don't. Know. I can't believe I for, I can't believe I forgot about. I him. actually did until just now. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Okay, so James Lipton uh, passed away uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, we're yeah. recording on a Thursday night this week. Yeah. Um, but he was ninety-three years old. Uh, I believe he had bladder cancer, if memory serves. Yeah. Um, but still, once, once you start getting up that old, past I think past ninety. Like Ch- chances you, are, cancer is gonna take. Like, you at I think. Some I point, think cancer you know? might even be welcome for some people at that age. Oh jeez, I don't know about that. <laughs> Finally, a reprieve. Take me from this world. Speaking of no, I'm I'm making light of it, but that's it, cancer sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, he lived a, a beautifully long life. Uh, Inside the Actor Studio will go down in history as one of the greatest interview shows of oh, all time. So good, dude. Um, dude I love was ab- the dude was iconic. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, he was a teacher. I'm doing all this off the cuff from what I read, but uh, I love how much he loved Will Ferrell's impression oh of him God. too. And I, I, like and Will he, Ferrell's he impression was, was the best. Oh, it was so funny. Like he, but like a lot of a lot of these famous people, you know, they'll kind of get bent out of shape when people do uh, well, they over the over the top like caricatures of them. Yeah, and he was always such a good sport about uh, Will Ferrell's. Um, impression of him well, and he, he thought it was so funny I, he didn't I like take that. himself too seriously which which is ironic being that his persona right. on the show was the most deadpan serious person you've yeah. ever seen yeah so yeah. it's 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 interesting <laughs> yeah he was oh man he was cool i loved i loved watching inside the actor's studio um and just what a what a crazy legend like he yeah. interviewed everyone mm-hmm. and when they were like coming up too you know like in, he in has their a, prime he has a lot of well no like even guys uh like oh no both i said i was adding oh, yeah, to yeah. both though yeah. like he would do like he would get the big stars before they were big stars mm-hmm. but then he would also get the big stars while they were right big stars. right so right. yeah he's yeah, like so, the original uh, between two ferns <laughs> it kind of is it kind of was it's yeah got that same, just with no you, ferns right <laughs> um okay um, yeah so rest in peace to james lipton yes Okay, let's get into some actual fun news here. Uh, Scott Derrickson, who was the original director for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh-huh. um, is now slated to take over directing duties for uh, Skydance's new film, Bermuda, a film about the legendary triangle in the Caribbean. Um, oddly enough, um, what makes this so fun is that he is replacing the original director, who was none other than Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah? So Sam Raimi is taking his job on Doctor Strange, and Scott Derrickson is taking Sam Raimi's job on Bermuda. It's weird. They just completely flip-flopped. It's like a wife swap. Yeah, right? <laughs> Movie swap. Movie swap. A little, little less messy, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, maybe. Well, I guess it depends. Yeah, really. Oh. Um, but anyway, so that's cool. Uh, I'd heard about this Bermuda film a long time ago, and I've been kind of keeping an eye on it, keeping, uh, keeping an ear on it. So you're gonna have to do something really awesome to impress me if you're gonna top I, that movie. The, that movie, the, the Triangle. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, is it is it, it is it the triangle or just triangle? I think it's just triangle. Um, you own it, don't you? The triangle, I'm fairly certain, is a TV show that has that is completely oh, different. Okay, well, yeah, yes, maybe it's just it's, it's just, just yeah triangle. triangle, the one with uh, Melissa George. Yep. Yeah, that movie is awesome. Yeah, she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. HBO and Chernobyl showrunner Craig Mazin are teaming up to bring the smash hit video game The Last of Us to series. Oh, cool. Now I never played it, but I've seen 
it played a lot. Yeah. Um, it was a PlayStation, PlayStation, uh, PlayStation exclusive though, so oh, yeah. I never had it. Cause I never owned a PlayStation. Yeah. Xbox all the way. Oh, shit, um, anyway, though, I know a lot about it though. Like I know that it was it's it was one of the most popular games for. When it, when it came out, like it yeah. won game of the game of the year awards and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. it was incredible. Um, if you don't know what it is, though, uh, The Last of Us takes place twenty years after a pandemic has radically changed the known civilization. Infected infected humans run wild, and survivors are killing each other for food, weapons, and whatever they can get their hands on. Joel, a violent survivor, is hired to smuggle a fourteen year old girl Ellie out of an oppressive military quarantine zone oppressive military quarantine zone uh but what starts as a small job soon transforms into a brutal journey across the u.s um if they do this right this could be a smash hit yeah uh because this game is loved by so many people mm-hmm. uh, especially like I said, if you're if you are a gamer there's there's no way you don't know what this is you right. know um so yeah so that's that's very exciting why can't i see our oh there it is oh there it is <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe you had died um let's see here Paramount is treating fans of The Quiet Place, or A Quiet Place, if you will, to a special screening uh, just days before the release of A Quiet Place 2. Uh, On Wednesday, March 18th, uh, if uh, in select theaters nationwide, they're going to be showing a special double feature of A Quiet Place followed by A Quiet Place 2 back-to-back, which is pretty awesome. So if you're a really big fan of A Quiet Place, do it. Yeah. Like, if you're thinking about it, just do it. Do it. Um, that's pretty cool. I, I would actually love to do that if they're doing it around here because I we saw the first one in theaters, and that is a very. I feel like a quiet place is is very much a theater movie, like to see oh, it totally to see it like with a whole bunch of people, but like everybody's being quiet unless you're at Star Fucking Gratiot where we go sometimes. Jeez, oh, uh, <laughs> started. But, um, um, yeah, yeah, and you know another good reason to go see it that day. What's that? Oh, it's your birthday. Oh, it's a- it's the day before my birthday. No, so it's not your birthday. So it's just Wednesday. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Such a jerk. Hey, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, man. Let's see here. Our third time is the charm indeed. After uh, failings, the failings of both Dracula Untold and The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, finally, they did something right here. And um, after those two movies failed to kick off the Dark Universe, uh, it seems that Blumhouse had the right recipe for success because The Invisible Man is a smashing success. Oh, is it? So this movie, um, I'm going to read what uh, what Blade Disgusting had here just because it's it's there's really no other way of uh, trying to word this. But, okay. Um, let's hear. Blumhouse uh, is behind the new version, which means a modest reported budget of 7 to $10 million, a far cry from the ballooned $125 million that the mummy cost. Yikes. There's a big difference. Well, uh, with probably that, most of that went to Tom Cruise. Yeah. With that, The Invisible Man only needed to give or take uh, $30 million worth of ticket sales to appear uh, to be a, a success. Uh, so while it took the entire lifespan of The Mummy to barely recoup, The Invisible Man is already a hit, having pulled $49 million globally in its first weekend. Right on, right so on. So this means we're going to be actually getting probably more universal monster movies, probably from Blumhouse and Lee Whannell, being that Lee Whannell and Blumhouse just signed a new two-year uh, deal for developing and all that stuff. So so hopefully they learn a lesson here and, and, and like, I, because with Dracula Untold and The Mummy, mm-hmm. it was it was like, let's just throw a shitload of money at something. Well, and, that's what, that's, and, they're, trying, they're trying to do the Marvel thing. 
Yeah. And that didn't work. Yeah. It just, so like, I, I haven't seen the invisible man yet, but I imagine with a, a budget of only seven to $10 million, they focus much more on the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Probably. There it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. I think stop, I can understand. Stop, stop with the, we've the talked big about this budget blockbuster bullshit. And, uh, tell stories yeah we've we've talked about this at length a little bit and i understand why universal would think that making like the universal monsters back in the day they used the biggest stars like they were big time they were big deal movies when they came out you know like bell lugosi uh and um why can't i think boris karloff boris karloff they were big actors of their day so it it made sense for them to try to do it big again but they just it just they just didn't do it right i think that you could have absolutely made those movies work on a bigger budget they just didn't have the right pieces in place, yeah. you know? And for what they were, Dracula Untold and The Mummy, I I was entertained by both of them. Are you not entertained? I just don't. Um, they Dracula just Untold was a cool period piece. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It wasn't great, but it was a cool period piece. I thought it was, I thought it was a pretty good movie. The I, Mummy was just it, the, like, the horror version of Mission Impossible. That's pretty much all it was. But I still... I did for... What it was, if it was just a stand, it, it, it's it's unfortunate that it was a the mummy movie. If it was just a, if it was just, if it was just like a, um, freaking you know Tom Cruise action movie with a a little horror twist because yeah. there was some you know like whatever was going on was similar to. It was the fact that they they tried to sell it as a, a mummy movie you know what i mean as a the mummy movie they should absolutely remake not the first one but the sequel to speed and have it starring tom cruise speed 2 cruise control baby oh my starring God. tom cruise the one on the boat only only they strap a bomb to tom cruise's chest and there's a bunch of people riding on his back and he has to run like 10 miles an hour and not any slower or they'll all blow up. Wow. Call Hollywood. Dude. Get Hollywood on the line. I don't I don't I don't know why I'm not famous or <laughs> this is just stupid. <laughs> Speaking of things that are stupid, what's new on blue? Ah, uh, yes. Where'd you get a why do you have a Detroit Lions pen? Are you five? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that that makes me five. Yes. <laughs> It's a yes. Did you buy this? No. Where'd this come from? I have no idea. I used this for my air drumming tonight, and I oh. I was like I was like, what am I holding? As I was like, you know, riding on the symbol over here. I go, it's a Detroit Lions pen. I was like, this is the most useful that this team has been to me in the last ten years. That's <laughs> true. It's very um, true. What's new on Blue? Let's see here. Vinegar Syndrome has announced the first of several upcoming releases that they have dubbed. Forgotten Gialli. Ooh. Uh, speaking of pluralization, that's how you pluralize giallo, apparently. I don't, I don't, I don't know that. Vinegar it's not, Syndrome. It's not giallos. Giallo, <laughs> jellos. Uh, Gialli. Vinegar Syndrome said that Volume 1 will feature three never available in the U.S. titles and will be released in April. The set will include Javier Aguirre's adaptation of And Then There Were None, The Killer is One of Thirteen. Leon Klamovsky's Giallo Proto Slasher Hybrid Trauma and Helia Colombo's The Police Are Blundering in the Dark. Just shorten the titles. Like, why do they, <laughs> why are all Giallo movies so, why are the I, titles so long? Because they're artsy. I don't know. Four Flies on Gray Velvet. What? It's because they're French, probably. 
and I know that I'm 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 actually they're I'm pretty sure they're all Italian. <laughs> I was gonna say it's not French, it's Italian. I just I, don't, put, I just wanted to put in all oh, the French joke, that's all. I don't uh Jello's not my thing, really. It's it's not completely mine either. Some people And I love know it. that some people go nuts over it. Now, in fairness, I don't think that I've seen enough of the really great ones though yeah. to really have a handle on it. Yeah, I've seen I'm, some bad ones, I've seen some decent ones. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not near as well versed in Italian horror as a lot of other people are. So. I I think that's the thing. It it might be my thing. I just haven't seen enough of it. Yeah. But I I'd venture to guess that it's not my thing, even if I did see more of it. Anyway, all three of these nearly impossible to see films will be presented in brand new 2K restorations from the original negatives. States Company. States Company Detail. What the fuck? Shut up, dude. <laughs> All right, uh, this year's Lovecraftian creature feature, Underwater, starring Kestu, Vincent Castle, and John Gallagher Jr., will be hitting digital and Blu-ray on April 14th. Special features for this release will include alternate ending with optional commentary only on digital. Weren't you talking about this with Alex Kane earlier today? I was. Yeah, I wonder if the... So if if the alternate ending is only available on the digital only version, mm-hmm. what that what that says to me is that the companies are trying to get you to pay attention to the digital copies more and make you care about them maybe a little bit more and an attempt to start moving even moving further away digital, from, from physical. physical. Yeah. Which if that and that's just a theory, but if that's the case, fuck you, whoever whichever company is putting this out. Um it's gotta be one of the big <clears throat> ones, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what um, it is, but yeah, that, that sucks, though. It's also coming with deleted and extended scenes, feature and commentary with director you, uh, William Eubanks and others. Uh, I think, like, it's funny because there's the 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 bigger companies that are making that push towards 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 digital, and, okay. and towards digital, probably for obvious reasons. Yep. Like that saves them a a huge amount of money. Well, it's it's also um, it's not even that so much. It's uh, People in the United States don't buy physical media. Right. You go over, You're more you likely go overseas, to get a bigger audience digitally because pushing the digital Americans version because just apparently don't like stuff. I don't I don't really know what the psychology behind it is. But if you go over to Europe though, like you go to Germany, you go to um, uh, Italy, a lot of those places, they get amazing mm. versions of physical media right. still. They have like big statued box sets and mm-hmm. like they the digi book uh, game is huge over there. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's a really amazing Friday the 13th box set that you can get that comes in a giant like wooden box and when you slide the top off of it, it's every movie individually in like a puffy version of a digi book. Oh, really? It's And they're beautiful. Like, cool. They're absolutely stunning releases. You would never see stuff like that here. There's an alien set Sorry, I'm going off here. No, it's right, There's like an, a sweet alien set that is the it's a giant uh, xenomorph head. It's about this big. I'm holding my hands out. It's like two and a half feet long, mm-hmm. something like that, maybe two foot long. Yeah. And uh, the top of the the back of the head is transparent. You take that off, and all the discs are in the head. Yeah, that's like rad. it's like stuff like that. You you just don't get that kind of stuff here, um, which is super super unfortunate. I mean, I have a couple things that are interesting, like a the shoe phone from Get Smart. <laughs> where it's, it's on top over there it's next to my pirates oh, of the caribbean yeah, yeah, yeah. uh treasure chest this blade runner set the blade runner set actually the, the blade like burn a... set's probably the coolest set that i have i just wish that it was the blu-ray version that's the dvd version but whatever what are you gonna do um but yeah i don't know like we just don't well, it's, get it's funny though that, that you've got you've got um these big companies that are making the push 
toward digital and then you have smaller companies like what we were talking about all the boutique stuff yeah like what we were talking about last week whereas you have these the big guys pushing toward let's get rid of physical let's go to to digital then you have guys like uh uh, broke uh broke horror fan Mm -hmm. on the opposite end of the spectrum going hey how about even older physical media. We're going to give you VHS tapes again. I'm waiting for Laserdisc to start getting pressed But then again, though, you have bigger... Sorry, like you can't hear me. You do have bigger companies like Disney what you? putting out stuff like this, which is super oh, which is super cool. Not available in the US, mind you. You can Where'd only... You get... you, you, I, I, I imported it. I it's think uh, you ever even showed this to me. Uh, I, I think I did. It's a version of uh, The Force Awakens when The Force Awakens came out, but it's in a giant uh, big sleeve case the size of a laser disc. Yeah. Um, there's a... You pull it out of the paper sleeve if you're trying to open it. Is this whole... It's just like a little oh, sleeve this, that it sits in. Oh, I see, in. I see. Um, but yeah, and it, it's, it's a Blu-ray release. It's not a laser disc release, but it's done in packaging that is exactly like old laser disc. Yeah, this is really cool. It's just a cool collector's thing. And they do them for a lot of the Marvel movies and stuff like that. That's rad. Um, There's art prints that are inside the uh, the sleeve, which is really cool. Yeah, but like you say, I mean, unfortunately, the, the market for this kind of stuff is shrinking in oh, yeah. the U.S. Like, there's and, not well, a lot of people who still that, buy stuff like that's this. That's why... Companies like Broke Horror Fan, they only put out, I think, what was it, 100 copies of the one? There was uh, there was 100 copies of the, the normal version and then the, like, 50 copies of the um, altered version or whatever it was. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, that's all I've got for blues. You got any news left? Yeah, I do. I'm putting cool. my stuff away here. Um, this is going to end with, uh, apparently, WWE fans. We're, we're, mixing, we're mixing my two favorite things in the world here. That should never get mixed. <laughs> WWE fans. Oh, jeez. Uh, I know where you're going Apparently this. want CM Punk to take over the role of Ash in future Evil Dead movies. No. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this as, as, uh, as prominently as I can possibly can. No. <laughs> I peaked like a motherfucker. Doesn't now. even matter. That's it was necessary to that get that point across. Is the single stupidest idea I've ever heard in so my entire dumb. life. The reason that Bruce Campbell works so well as Ash is because when you see him, you don't see Bruce Campbell, you see Ash. When you see other movies that Bruce Campbell is in, you see he's Ash, Ash like playing, playing a different character. A different character. Yeah. That's the difference. You could never have another actor play that character. I'm completely okay with Evil Dead doing different stories and doing whatever. Yep. Never, ever, 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 ever even consider trying to recast that role. Yes. Um, Agreed. I think I said something online about how I would much rather see them do a remake of the remake with Kristen Stewart playing the role of Ashley <laughs> than to see CM Punk in the role of Ash. Uh-huh. Um, and I can't yeah, believe... Yeah, that's a... Yeah, I don't it, know. It, so, is it, so this this isn't... Uh... Is it so? This is mostly WWE fans. It's who just are fans that are trying for this, to call or? for it or trying to make it happen. It's like no, because I don't. What are you, I what can't are you doing? See, Even like are, are horror fans pushing for this? Like no, I don't see, no. I was gonna say I don't see any real horror fans pushing for this. The one thing that I will say, um, if I could see, like maybe there's a world where Punk has a role in an Evil Dead movie, 
maybe like maybe there's a way that could work but like not in like the lead role yeah like a dude um, that gets his head blown and I've off heard in the that first he's great <laughs> I'm, i've heard that he's actually great he just he um just put a movie out uh where he plays the lead i forget what it's called and apparently the reason this whole thing came about is because in that movie apparently people like like were watching his performance and they're going oh he could totally play like an Ash. Like his character is kind of, I guess, maybe goofy or uh, uh, the oh, way that he looks. I don't know. You could totally but... fuck off. <laughs> right? Um, but there was uh, Bruce Campbell himself actually put out a response to this, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, was uh, the movie called... Oh, wait. Was he in the the, the remake of Rabbit? He is in the remake of Rabbit. Oh. Yeah. Not a starring role, though. I think he's more of a... Uh, I think he's more of a, a supporting role in that one. But uh, Bruce Campbell uh, went online and goes... Uh, Oh, fuck. I had it here. What happened to it? Uh, he goes, you know what? CM Punk is great. He should play a guy in a horror series called Nash or Bash or Lash. <laughs> With all due respect, the name Ash is like the best table at the restaurant reserved. <laughs> I'm like, yes, 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 yes. That's awesome. Um, don't even give him the time of day. And tell, being that Campbell still is, produces Bruce. those films, I'm, I have very high hopes that that will never happen. Yeah, this won't. Yeah, but. this is just... This is malarkey. I don't know. That'll never happen. You also happen. couldn't do it because if he's playing the same character, unless it's like an alternate timeline thing, given how season three of the series ends and being it's all canon, which I'm not going to say, but given how that ends, it would be impossible. So yeah, not going to tell you what happens. It's so, the greatest ending ever. But just shut up just, right I'm now. Just, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want you to get anything. <laughs> but uh, I was, don't know. Was the other movie that he was talking uh, that people were talking about that he did uh, well in Girl on the Third Floor? Yes. Yeah. Apparently, it's really good. I keep hearing great things about it, and even great things about him, but just he doesn't need to be. Because the, the tagline is, "Home is where hell is." Ooh, ooh. spooky! <laughs> Another thing about him too, though, is you can't see him in a movie and not be like, "Oh, that's CM Punk." Right, Especially right. if you're a wrestling fan, like you're not even a wrestling fan, I and you wouldn't be able to probably see him in a different way. I couldn't tell you what he looks like though. Like I don't think that I would look at him and be able to tell you that he uh. was CM Punk. I actually don't know. That's what he... fair. Dude, this So movie... you're part of the minority then. But Th- this movie looks kind of fucked up. Right? Okay, anyway, that's uh that's all I got for for news. Uh yeah, okay. Sorry, I'm looking at pictures from the girl on the third <laughs> floor. It looks kind of fucked up, dude. We should She hot? Uh well yeah, obviously. Well, no. <laughs> Uh, there's a weird, like, there's, there's, I don't know if, if if this is two different women, but there's this chick who's got, like, what's going on with this girl's face? Isn't that freaky looking? What is that? Um, I don't know what's going on with it. Isn't that crazy? I can't tell if it's disgusting or mildly erotic. (laughs) Or or sort of fucking turning me on. Take off your bandages. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That being said, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we're going to change your doorknobs and uh, fix your leaky faucets, and uh, we're going to have some some old man carpenter roleplay action. And we're coming in through the back door. Fix your knob. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Okay, 
you know, right. we've, we've, we've talked about uh, we've talked about haunted houses before. We've, you know, I've asked you the question if your house is haunted or not. Uh, has that has that changed? My current house? Yes. I don't think it has. Okay. Why? I sometimes think this place is haunted. Sometimes. <laughs> I come home from work sometimes, and like there'll be lights turned on that I swear I didn't leave on when I left. Oh, Coffee pot's been turned on when I swear I didn't even use it that morning. Um, See, I wouldn't put it by you to leave it on. Neither would I, which is why I, previous day, which though. is why I don't actually think it's haunted. But like every now and then, so, I'll walk in. I'm like, I swear that wasn't like that when I left. You have a ghost who loves smoking Marlboros and throwing the butts on your porch. Mm, I got a something. <laughs> that's no, a, that's, that's just a, shitty neighbors. Yep. Mike um, literally has. There's got to be. 200 butts sitting out there. Oh, yeah. it's, it's disgusting. It's, yeah. And, and, and as a, a not smoke, we're getting off topic here. Um, <laughs> uh, I from, mean, you can go off topic for 10 seconds. Yeah, we can, but <laughs> uh, 1980 gave birth to a movie that uh, there are a lot of uh, actors that consider it one of the scariest movies that they'd ever seen. Mm. Like, this is a, a I don't want to say a revelatory movie, but like, I feel like it's on so many people's top 10 list of the scariest movies ever. Hmm. And that is a movie called The Changeling. The Changeling. Uh, directed by uh, Peter Medic, Peter uh, who directed seven episodes of The Twilight Zone, Twilight one Zone. episode of Tales from the Crypt. From so he's got a bit of a horror cred, but he also, horror. his creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta stop. The, the creme de la creme. Species 2. Oh, yeah. The guy that directed <laughs> The Changeling went on to direct the sequel to the basically softcore porn alien movie. <laughs> yeah, man. That sounds about right. <laughs> oh, how the mighty fall. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, hey, hey. Did you direct Species 2? Um, I mean, it wasn't near as high of a budget, but something like it. Huh? Um, let's see here. Uh, synopsis here is a man staying at a secluded historical mansion finds himself being haunted by the presence of a specter. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I don't want to... I'm not going to shit talk this movie because I did like it. I did. But to say that this is one of the scariest movies you've ever seen, I think is a stretch. Like, it's... I appreciated it, and going out. Granted, we're watching this way out of context of the time period too. Like, if I would have seen this back in like 1980, around then, I might have had a completely different response to it, and I I completely understand that. That being said, it's more like classic, fun, like spooky haunted house. Almost more, except for the ending, almost more than it is like a scary haunt kind of movie. You know what I'm saying? Like even down to stuff like the like the 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 piano key moving is so classic, and it probably actually maybe comes from this. I don't know if they did that in old black and white movies or not, but sure like did. just the piano key going down or the the banging on the pipes, you know, at night and in the morning, like it's all very. See, I haven't I haven't heard a lot of people saying that this is one of the scariest movies that mm-hmm. they've ever seen. I have heard a lot of people saying that this is one of the best ghost stories they've ever seen. Oh. To to that. I would agree. No, I've heard I've heard the scary part too, but um, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I would agree though that it was it's one of the best classic ghost stories. It is for sure. It's fantastic. Um, Listen, I'm not trying to come down on it. I'm just trying to be, you know, a bit more realistic about how I actually responded to it when I saw it. Um, hey, just fall in line. 
Sorry, man. Can't do it. Fuck. I can't do it. Uh, so this movie is uh, starring George uh, George C. Scott as uh, main character, John Russell. So uh, fantastic. George, I love George C. George Scott. George C. Scott was also in, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a couple years after this, he was in a movie called Ghost Story, which I believe was his final uh, performance. I'm fairly certain it was him. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I could when, be... Uh, when did Exorcist 3 come out? Was he in that? Was he in Exorcist? Uh, yeah. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of someone different then. Fuck's sake. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody was in. Oh, whatever. Um, you have Trisha Van Devere, who played Claire. Uh, who's sort of, not love interest, but I guess the closest thing to. I feel Conf- like, confidant. I feel, yeah, they never, uh, they never got into it, but I feel like there was definitely... He was still, obviously, grieving the death of his wife and child. Was he? Yeah. He didn't really seem like he cared that much. I know that sounds bad, but like he really didn't come off like he really was grieving all that much, except for one scene where he woke up crying in bed. So the only scene in the entire movie where they actually show him having any kind of reaction well, to his family being killed. Well, it's not like they died yesterday. It doesn't that doesn't matter though. Like it, it it was almost like, oh, they died. Well, life goes on. Like that's that was his impression, like the impression that I got of his character. Um, I don't know. Four, four or five months after someone dies, I mean, granted, if it's your wife and child, that's the worst thing ever. But um, You'd be grieving for years. You would be grieving for years if your entire family perished. I would be, yes, I would be grieving for years, but I think that at a certain point, you get back to being able to function yeah no, sure in function, a somewhat normal function manner. yes but i don't think that it would be the way i don't know i think that you i think that you'd still be grieving for years and like you would not be able to move on cuz i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure he wanted a piece of claire is all and then she's looking at him and she's like but you're so old and <sighs> it just never was going to happen but i'm i'm pretty sure that john wanted a piece of claire oh see you're you're reading this all wrong dude i don't know you're man. reading this all wrong i i think <laughs> that he was definitely still grieving okay i'm going to say that okay but he was also he was he was a he he kind of came across all throughout this entire movie as sort of the classic stoic man you know what i mean true like even when crazy shit was going on in the house he was like keeping his composure yeah which whether that's realistic or not he didn't he seemed more fascinated by the fact that maybe it was haunted than he was scared by it sure so maybe that's where that that stoic manliness comes from but Right, and it's I like, think I was hearing the knocking. Damn it, ghost! Shut up! Like, right, that was, like, that think, was his uh, response. And to I it. think for the time, like 1980, and especially with George C. Scott, who he's just you know he's got that. Like, could you really imagine him playing the super emotional, scared? It'd be like asking like Frank Sinatra to do that. Like Frank like, Sinatra it, would never. It'd play be like asking that. the fucking Duke, like uh, uh, John Wayne, John Wayne, to you know cower in the corner. He'd All be right. like, now for this scene, I want you to go into the corner and cry like a bitch. No, I don't think so, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> like no, I'm. How about I shoot this guy in the face instead? No. Uh, by the way, Exorcist Three Legion. No, that's what the. F- uh, uh, no. Uh, yeah. Exor- well, Exorcist Three was in 1990. He didn't, oh, okay. he didn't die until nineteen ninety nine. There was somebody else then. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. But was George was uh, George C. Scott in Ghost Story? Because there one one of the guys I thought it was him. One of the guys from this movie was also in Ghost Story. Because um, Ghost Story was another movie that I can super appreciate because most of the main characters they're all old. 
Like it's not like you're like the. I feel like these days, I'm whenever so you old. <laughs> these days though, whenever you have like a good ghost story, it's always like the young couple moving in or a group of young people or you know what I'm saying. Like these older movies, it's it's like the old dudes that are holding the fort down, and I kind of like it. It's it's a little bit of a breath of fresh air for being an old movie, but um, I, oh, uh, I dug it. No, what you're thinking of probably is uh, well, so Fred Astaire was in Ghost Story. Yep. But Melvin Douglas was okay. in, and he played Senator Carmichael. Senator that's Carmichael. Who, that's who it yeah. was. Okay, I knew there was. I knew there's one. I got my guys mixed up. And Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Yeah, Ghost Story was great. You ever seen it? Uh no. Uh, Chris Jordan actually turned me on to it. Oh, but Alice Krieg was in it too. Damn. Yeah, dude, it's a good one. Huh? It's a bunch of. It's just a bunch of old dudes in just a haunted a house. Bunch of old fucks. Great. Huh? <laughs> um. Okay. So let's get into the uh, the story of this. Uh, this movie opened up with one hell of a downer opening. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And let's just say, uh, spoilers here. Uh, let's just say we just cannot get away from fucking kids dying in movies. I don't know what I don't know how we keep picking them, but we just can't seem to stay away from both movies. <laughs> and oddly enough, I picked both these movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I usually I mean, not that I try and specifically steer away from movies that this happens in because it's it's for some reason it's hard to do. Well, it's funny. You used to always I used to always remember like like the the old joke was like, "Oh, and the horror movie law, you never you never kill a dog and you never kill kids, right?" Yeah, it seems like every fucking movie they're killing kids and dogs. I don't think that I don't think that uh killing kids was ever. It's a bit, it was always a bit taboo. It was it was, it was don't kill the dog for sure, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think killing kids was ever. Well, a that was thing. that was totally fine. Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. I had it off then. <laughs> yeah, think about how many classic horror movies kill off kids. Um, so yeah, so this is a story about uh, John. John, uh, him and his wife and his kid are they're pushing their car up like a snowy embankment. Something happened; their car broke down, and he walks over to this completely random payphone on the side of the road. I was gonna say, how convenient with no with no telephone wires around, <laughs> mind you, to even connect the payphone to anything. They were under the <laughs> ground, and they went through the mountain. No, they weren't. Um, <laughs> suspension of disbelief right uh and then you see like this giant semi truck and another car coming from opposite directions and they both to avoid crashing they both basically turn the wheel and uh one the the semi truck basically mows down the mom the kid in the car and they are just kaputs so you open back up and uh john is now quote unquote grieving and um He's uh, he's getting a new job or his old job maybe back at a place. No, he's where getting he taught. a new job at it the is a new job. Okay. university that he uh, graduated from. Okay, I, I couldn't tell if he was getting a job back or what because he knew the people. That's why I wasn't. Yeah, cause I wasn't I, sure. yeah, because he was an alumni. Uh, so alumnus. While he's in town, though, he needs a place to stay. So one of the the local people, uh, his one of their friends. Um, uh, says, you know, they have these houses at the historical society that no one lives in. I'm sure we could we could fix you up with one of them. Did they really not have anything smaller? What's one of my notes? <laughs> it's <laughs> a of, huge house. One of my notes here is that house is way too big for one. No way, Jose. Uh, I take fun notes. What can I say? But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it, it is humongous. There was, there's no possible way I would live in that house. I just wouldn't. It's too big. It would creep me out. Like I'm not like like I'm not one of those people that's like afraid of like like everything necessarily, but like when you're when you're just like a tiny little pea and that big of a pod, like just no. Yeah, there's something about having it's spooky, that, right? That many rooms that 
different things could be going on in yeah. that you yeah <clears throat> i like being able to i like being able to kind of be aware of like even if i can't everything around you yeah my house I, i've got a basement and a main level and a top level but i can pretty much hear what's going on throughout the entire house if yeah. i if i was like in a wing of a house and i couldn't hear what was going on in the other wing no thanks yeah no, i agree it's it's just weird especially like when you start hearing the sounds from the uh like the big the banging that they would that he would mm. hear when he woke up in the morning and it's mm-hmm. like I'm I I like I would like to think that my first impression wouldn't just be oh my god the house is haunted I'm gonna die oh it super would though but my first impression would 100 be my house is haunted oh my god I'm gonna die yep. like that it would just happen <laughs> like that's that's life it's in our nature <laughs> um so yeah no go no go in the giant houses for me um we had mentioned in the beginning that this movie did have a lot of uh, very stereotypical classic ghost scares and mm. I, I did appreciate that a lot it's a, it's almost comforting. Something about old movies and like how innocent the the scares are, you know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, because it didn't even it didn't even feel uh, malevolent necessarily. Mm-hmm. It was just a presence, you know. Absolutely. So it it was more it was more it was spooky because of the the mystery. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because like oh it wasn't like thirteen ghosts like the fucking jackal. Oh no, scraping no. your your skin off and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He was more, this was like, just like subtle hints of stuff too. And I'm, his, and his reaction to it, I think is great. Cause like, cause like we had mentioned, he's, he's almost more curious about it yeah. than anything else. He's never actually scared. He just gets kind of like entranced by everything that's happening and just wants to learn the history of the house, wants to learn who lived there before him, what possibly happened there. Cause like he's walking outside at one point in time and like, uh, glass breaks in an area of the house that he didn't even think there was a room up there, and he had to basically find like this hidden staircase, right? Like in the back of a closet somewhere. Whereas most people would be like, "Oh, well, uh, guess I'm not coming back to this house." <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, uh, I guess I'll go find the secret room upstairs. Yeah. yeah, with the creepy wheelchair in it. Yeah, that was. Did you notice when he was first walking? So I don't know if this was a. Uh, intentionally supposed to be like the the ghost or Mm -hmm. if you were just seeing the shadow of one of the crew members but did you notice that when he first walks up the stairs and he's about to open the door into that room you see a shadow by the left hand side of the door no i didn't and then it steps out of the shot oh no i didn't you didn't notice that no um i rewound it a couple times just to make sure to i was seeing what i thought i was seeing um Hmm. That's interesting. So I it kinda, very well could have been something like that. But it's kind of nice with a ghost story. It works. Yeah. It's totally like works. They, they, they might have been like, oh, fuck, Fred, you were in the shot. And then it's like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm a, just ghost. a ghost. Even though I don't think ghosts really cast shadows. I guess they could be shadows, though. Mm. You know what I mean? Don't you don't you tell a ghost how to ghost? That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you might uh, might get what I'm saying here. My the the church that I work for, uh, we have owned a lot of properties in the past, and one of the properties that we used to own was this massive old abandoned church in uh, in Detroit, and uh, I had keys to it. We would go there. I've actually filmed a couple of movies there, did a bunch of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great backdrop for filming projects and yeah, whatnot. It was a cool place. And um, you've been there before. Yeah. Did this house not remind you a lot of that rectory 
the, oh. the house portion that was connected to it. It was four floors uh-huh. of just rooms upon top of rooms upon top of rooms. And when you went to the very, very top, it had this thing where you could actually see the slant of the roof corresponding with the slant of the uh, the ceiling yeah. in the fourth floor. Uh-huh. And the house in this one, when he went to the top, had the same thing. The attic room, basically. The attic room, yeah. yeah. And, and it very much reminded me of that. I'm like, I actually can really understand and respect how creepy a giant, empty, abandoned place like that is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, James, I'm pretty sure he's been there with me. Like, it's I'm not wrong, right? No, not at all. I, I went there uh, probably two or three times with you. Mm-hmm. And the first time we went, that place spooked me out oh, yeah. a lot. Uh, there's something about churches, too. It's funny, because churches are supposed to be, you know, like a safe haven, yeah. right? Yeah. But there's but there's something inherently creepy until about you, churches. Until you walk into a, an old, dilapidated church like that, though, and you realize, oh, shit, God does not care about <laughs> this place no more. <laughs> this <laughs> like... is not God's house. Or if it is, he needs to... Yeah, call Bob Vila. God done fucked up. That's <laughs> that's what happened. Um, but yeah, it, it's super creepy. Though. And that's another reason why, like I was saying, like a big house like that, no fucking way. Mm. Like not gonna happen. Um, yeah, that place that place always creeped me out. In this house, I got the exact same like just kind of chills every now and then. Just like the old spooky atmosphere. Like, yeah. Mm, no, thank you. Um, okay, um, so go ahead. No, I was go just gonna ahead. continue on with the story. That's all. Oh, I was uh, gonna make my way through it. Go ahead. No, yeah. So he starts. Uh, he starts hearing these things. Like, like we mentioned, there's like the the pounding, which uh, Mister Tuttle, the uh, the groundskeeper, is like, oh, it's just old pipes. You know, mm. they make they 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 run out of schedule. They have these sounds. That's why you're hearing it every morning. Mister Tuttle, by the way, has the greatest hearing of any man on the face of the earth. There is a scene where John's playing piano, and the door creeps open behind him, uh-huh. and he gets up to go investigate, and he he looks out the door and he goes. Mr. Tuttle? <laughs> Mr. Tuttle, like really low under his breath. And then here comes Mr. Tuttle coming from outside on the back door. Yeah? Like, <laughs> how did you hear him? <laughs> you have the greatest he, hearing he can't of hear any the, old man under the sun. <laughs> he can't hear the crazy pounding on the pipes and the walls, but he hears, he hears John go, Mr. Tuttle. <laughs> I, just, I had to make note of that. I thought it was so funny. I was like, what? <laughs> um, anyway, though, so he's hearing these things or whatever, and uh, him and, uh, what's the girl's name? Claire. Uh, him and Claire start looking into the history of the house, trying to figure out who, you know, uh, who owned it, this and that. Before and, before I forget, yeah. hold that thought, because yeah. I never finished my thought from earlier. Um, there were a couple points that I was making, but the other thing that I was going to say is you thought it was sort of one-sided. It seemed like he was into Claire. Yep. Claire was totally into him. I think so? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, definitely. It's a silent type. Strong. Plus, Strong silent type. Was, him or her? I, I guess both. Does he not look like Johnny Cash? Like when Johnny Cash was oh, older? Oh, yeah, you're right. Almost identical. Johnny Cash mixed with a blobfish. It's true. So I know mean, this. Is tw- I know this is two years or two uh, episodes in a row. <laughs> but it's true though. Like seriously, think about it. Like his mouth just kind of like curves <laughs> down, and like his, he's got kind of a big mouth. <laughs> he's kind of blobfishy. <laughs> oh jeez. So they start looking into it, and uh, you come to realize that at this uh, historical society, the 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 old old crone in the uh, in the back room, who seems to know a lot more than she's giving up. The uh, the, the the um I want to say it was the same woman that was in the intro to our episode. She knows more than than uh, what she's leading on. 
Huxley, Minnie Huxley, yeah. yeah. And so she's telling him, oh yeah, you know, there was a, uh, there was a, it was the Carmichaels that lived there. They had a son, this and that. And then later on in the story, she makes a phone call to some mysterious person and she's like, they're getting close. They're mm. reading the files. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point in time, as a viewer, you're just like, this bitch. This bitch right here. She knows. Yeah. She knows. Right. <laughs> she says nothing. Mm. Um, so they're, they're, they're finding this stuff out. And uh, again, spoilers here, guys. You come to find out that the ghost that is haunting the house... Yeah, go ahead. No, you were going to stop me? No, I, just, I was just thinking about that call that she makes. It really doesn't make any sense for her to make that call. Because he doesn't know. At least he doesn't come... At least he comes off like he doesn't know. The Senator Carmichael? Yeah. yeah. and also, why would any... But he does act like he's hearing it for the first time, and he I kind of see him coming to grips with it as is that it, scene plays out at the end. Is it just the fact that somebody was looking into his family's past but who is she talking to because you're right it doesn't make sense who is the mystery person on the end of the phone i think we need to start an investigation into this i'm trying to think of who else would there really were no other other characters yeah you know yeah and the and the, the the incident took place in like the early 1900s so you wouldn't think that because because Carmichael is an old man now. The people who are listening to this have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. So let's spell this out real quick. Um, it turns out it turns out that Senator Carmichael's father owned the house uh, previously a while right. back. Right. And it turns out that his son was born. I think he was just he was ill. Was he ill? They he had, s- he had a, a disease or something. He wasn't going to grow up. Is that what it was? Like he wasn't going to survive? Well, I think it was, uh, yeah, like he was very ill. He was wheelchair bound. I don't think he like didn't have use of his legs or anything like that, but he was wheelchair bound just because he was sickly. Yeah. But um, he needed, but they needed a way for the money to pass down or something They like needed that. a beneficiary and they thought that he was going to die early. So his father ended up drowning him in a bathtub. That's terrible. When, when he was like, way. what, eight, eight years old, maybe around there, I'd say. I think he was. 12 12 okay i think he was 12 because then they said uh so sen- so uh, so um what was his name rufus or uh i, I don't have that name what in was front the of me. what was the old carmichael oh i don't have that in front of me i don't know um so the the murderer father the old carmichael they said that he uh, this, we'll call him. We'll the, call him Frank. He sounds like a Frank. Sure. Uh, so they <laughs> they said that Frank took uh, Joseph. Yep. Joseph Carmichael over to the UK to get some sort well, he, of treatment. They were going to be able to help him with whatever was ailing him, cure what ails you. You know. Yep. And uh, well, so at this point, the kid had been murdered. And buried. They basically and then and they he, basically and then adopted he, a new one. And then it? he said, "I'm going to go over to the UK to get my kid help." And they ended up staying there for six years. Mm-hmm. So basically, everyone back home wouldn't see this kid grow from a, a kid into a young man. Yeah. So they wouldn't really know what he looked like when he got home. So they that's came, where that's where this idea of the changeling comes into yeah. play. They came back and they oh, go over suddenly and he's he, cured. Yeah, he adopts an orphan and then basically raises him for the next six years over in Europe, 
And then they come back and they're like, oh, yeah, we were there for six years because the doctors were healing this kid. Yeah. And, and that and now, kid grows up to be Senator Carmichael. And now he's got a beneficiary for his fortune. So so they figure all this stuff out. And John actually confronts Carmichael in his office at the very end. And it's an interesting, it's a very interesting scene because uh, you get the impression that, that Senator Carmichael maybe always suspected something, but never really actually knew. And so when John came to him with all this proof, it was like you almost see him going through the motions of like not believing it and then starting to actually believing it. Yeah. And then like at the end, like he's damn near breaking down, threatening if you ever say anything. Like, but it's like a weird, it's a it's a really interesting Because like, mostly he just didn't want he does. Mostly he just didn't want his father's name to be sullied. Yeah. Um but so he, like so he thought that he was just being blackmailed in some yeah. way. Um and then it sinks in. So, yeah, because I guess when, uh, so his name was Eugene Carmichael, by the way, when Eugene adopted the changeling, the orphan, he wouldn't have really had to disclose all of this to him. Basically, all all he would have had to say to him is, hey, I'm going to adopt you. I'm your new father. Your new name is Joseph. Mm -hmm. If you uh, come back to America with me, you'll basically live out the rest of your life as a but and if he adopts him, he can do whatever he wants. Really, at that point, if he adopts him, it's his son. Well, yeah. I, so, well, you still there's there was still a there was still a like a small amount of engineering that had to go into it. This kid is twelve. True. That's true. This kid's twelve years old. He's had twelve years of life to kind of get used to what's going on in his life, being known as somebody else. Mm-hmm. And now you've got this guy adopting you and saying, "Hey, I know you're twelve, and your name is." Hans, but now Bubby, (laughs) Bubby, but now your name is Joseph. Yeah, and when you come back to the states with me, you have to tell everybody that your name is Joseph and that you've been my son for your whole life. So there was a so there must have been something that he knew, Mm -hmm. but maybe not the you know that's true. Maybe maybe not not the whole story. This is what I'm saying. Like he probably probably suspected something. Like, he remembers there being something weird about his circumstances, right, right. but he never knew what it actually was. Right. And so you're, you watch him go through the motions of, of understanding that. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that's, that's pretty much, like, the movie. That's pretty much your plot there. Um, were there any parts that stood out to you that you want to actually, like, dive deeper into? Or, um, my, f- my or favorite, favorite parts? My favorite part of the entire movie was the score. Was a really good score. The score was amazing. Uh, it really had the feel of a... Because this was 1980... Even by late seventies, early eighties, you started to get into more of a not necessarily electronic, but the like I feel like uh big orchestral strings and piano and stuff was sort of on its way out. Mm-hmm. And so this the score of this movie had more of a late sixties, early seventies feel to me. As mm-hmm. far as that goes. Yeah. And I really Which enjoyed that. Makes sense. And it played more in, like with a movie like this where it's a a mystery and a ghost story. It's almost like the earliest uh, example of like a ghost hunters TV show in a in a weird kind of way. Sort it of, sort yeah. of plays out the same way. Yeah, yeah, because he's it. It's really more of a mystery movie mm-hmm. than it is a horror movie, yeah. and I like that about it. But uh, yeah, just the the score to me was my favorite part of the entire movie. I thought it was so good. You know what else this movie very much is? What this and, and it it would shock me if they didn't draw inspiration from this movie. Uh, from the Changeling, mm. Stir of Echoes. It's like the same fucking movie. 
Because mm. if you think, because one of the things that we didn't go into is how they actually find the original boy's body. He had he had buried him in a well, basically, and it was under the floorboards of a house down by the river or by the lake. That's also they, that's also very the ring too. It, it's sort of it's sort of the ring, yeah. But to me, it's more Sir of Echoes mm. because the, he's in the basement, he's tearing up the floors and the house or whatever, and they find this body, and that's what frees the soul in the house, sort of. Like it's very much the same. It is because uh, in, very much Sir, the same. in Sir of Echoes was that. Uh, uh, was that Kevin Bacon? Oh yeah, yeah. And serve out. That was the pork fat, all right. He undergoes somewhat of a traumatic experience to be more receptive, mm-hmm. and, and he gets it's not, hypnotized. But yeah. not tra- not trauma in the same way that George C. Scott, uh, Joseph Russell does, but uh, traumatic in the way that it changes him. You know, and and it makes him more receptive <laughs> to the paranormal. And, and in in the same way in this movie, he undergoes something traumatic that seemingly makes him more receptive to paranormal. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. I didn't actually and, pick up on that, but that makes sense. And then the, the ghost in question is using all sorts of, you know, all sorts of sensorial, is that even a word? Sensorial. Sensorial like tactics to kind of like, <clears throat> to kind of lead the person in the right direction to mm-hmm. discover the body and figure out the mystery. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. That's a good point. I think my my favorite part of the movie is a very simple scene. It's just when uh when John is in the house by himself and he had a ball that he had kept that his mm. daughter liked to play with and it's probably it's, the it's most a, famous scene of the entire movie. It's just a com- yeah, it's just a, and and for good reason. It's just a completely innocu- innocuous innocuous yeah. innocuous scene and he's and all of a sudden this ball out of nowhere just starts rolling down the stairs and it's so creepy. Yeah. It's like, where the fuck did this ball come from? <laughs> and I, I, we didn't talk about it much, and you can watch the movie and get it. The end of this movie also really ramps up. Like, mm. it, it, the, the wheelchair has a big part, you know, playing it, the most famous wheelchair of all time. Um, you know, that that thing comes back, the whole place lights on fire. It's this big kind of grand ending scene, and it's mm. it's, it's a really cool watch. So I, I definitely recommend everybody to uh, to see it. The one thing, uh, if I could, real quick before we wrap it up, the thing I didn't get was you see um, Joseph Carmichael die in his office and in the house. And a part of me thought, well, maybe the one in the house was just, it was more so like a um, like a physical manifestation of like, of kind of, uh, I don't know exactly how to word it, but... Essentially, what I thought was happening was he he was sort of figuring out what, what actually happened when you know his desk was shaking. Oh yes, and you you're see, right. You you're see right. him in his office fall down on the floor and have a heart attack and, and die then right almost there. immediately. He's in the house too, though. Like he's like immediately he goes from one place to the next. Which don't get me wrong, that would make sense if you're thinking of it more in terms of okay, he he obviously just died at his. Uh, office Mm -hmm. and now his spirit has been led to the house that would make more sense that would make sense but they but they show the paramedics taking his body out of the house covered in a sheet at the end of the movie yeah it's weird yeah it's bizarre so what's that all about i don't know bad writing or or is there like a deeper meaning to it that we're not because the the idea of a changeling which by the way the idea of an actual changeling freaks me out Mm-hmm. Um, there was what, one of the anthology movies that we watched within the past couple of years has a changeling 
movie uh changeling yeah, I, uh, segment I in it i feel like i know what you're talking about it was one about, of the but... holiday uh holiday movies that we watched and it was about a woman who went out i think her and her husband and her kid went out to cut down a christmas tree and the kid goes missing and then they find the kid and then when they get him back in the the apartment he starts acting really weird and he ends up like murdering the dad and he's acting like a little gremlin essentially and then yeah, if it turns I... out he actually was a changeling he was a so that little idea, hellier, hellier goblin. Yeah, like the, the um, traditional, I what it is, but the traditional I like about. horror idea of a changeling, like uh, basically an imposter, like a a child imposter that yep. comes into your house and is that freaks me out. Yep. Um, movie's also based on uh, true events. It is. It's based on true events. Yeah, pretty interesting. And and just real quick here, first on screen appearance of Joshua Jackson was in that movie in the Changeling. His mother was the assistant director, I think it was. Yeah. And so in one of the scenes, he is just in a scene at two years old. Really? Yep. Huh. He's completely uncredited. I tried to find him, but I couldn't. But Weird. Whatever. All right, moving on to 2007's The Offenage. The Offenage. Uh, directed by J.A. Bayana, uh, more famously known now as the director of uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, uh, which I liked a lot, actually. A lot of people didn't, but... Didn't see it. <clears throat> I, I didn't even say it. There's dinosaurs and shit. What's not to like? Um, let's see here. A woman brings her family back to her childhood home, which used to be an orphanage for handicapped children. Before long, her son starts to communicate with an invisible new friend. Uh, you have the absolutely lovely Belin Ruda. Did I say it right? Bel- maybe. Belin Ruda. It's got to be. Or Belin. Ruda. I think it's Belin. Belin Ruda. Belin Ruda. Uh, who plays Laura. Uh, you have Fernando Cava, who uh, or Cavo, who plays uh, Carlos. Wrong again, twice in a row. Try again. Oh, it's, it's a Y. That's not a, a y. v. Sorry, it's underlined because it's spelt wrong in my mm-hmm. notes, so I didn't see the I didn't see the Y. Ko Fernando Ko, uh, who plays Carlos, Laura's uh, Laura's husband, uh-huh. and then you have Roger uh, Princip. 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 It's also plays, probably Ro- Roger. Yeah, probably. There's who Spanish. plays uh, uh, Simone, uh, who is their son. So those are your three, your three main, your main characters. Um, Simon, Simon, Simon. Um, I love this movie. Yeah, it was really. It was good. so good. Apparently, this movie was actually uh, submitted for the best foreign film for the Oscars in two thousand seven. Was it really? Yeah, or two thousand eight, depending on what year the Oscars were that year. But and also, if you can believe it or not, based on a true story. Is it really? No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. It'd be great if it was, though. Come <laughs> on. Uh, so yeah, so this is a story of um, this family moves back into this massive house with uh, with the intention of taking on like five more kids mm-hmm. in the house, like uh, sort of like a foster, I think, type situation. Yeah. Well, Laura herself grew up in this uh, in this house, mm-hmm. and so I one, I, one I, could I, say it, she was drawn back to the house. It wasn't only for kids with. Uh, physical disabilities that's was what it the because, synopsis said i didn't I don't think so, there was one kid that had a brace on his leg but that was it i don't the, remember anybody else having yeah anything. there was one kid with braces on their legs and then one kid with uh i mean it was just headgear you know like dental headgear that that's not i i don't really think that that would fall in into the physical disabilities realm yeah no i agree i agree um what are you doing you're making Sorry. weird faces my my beer has stuff in it that's called sediment, Mike. And yeah, it's it was normal. No, 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 it it looked like chunkier than sediment. It was gross. Oh, you call it chunky bit. Oh, I call it chunky bit. <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, gross. Anyway, sorry, back to the movie. Um, yeah, so they, they go back there with the idea to pick up uh, or to, to pick up five extra kids and run sort of like a foster thing out of it. Uh-huh. Um, Simone uh, was also adopted uh, and also has what we understood to be HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't know either of these, though. His parents are kind of giving him the pills. He just kind of takes them because his parents tell him to take them. He doesn't question it. Right. He has no idea that he is adopted. Um, he also doesn't have a whole lot of friends. I kind of got the impression that maybe they moved around a lot or he didn't. Uh, it, was, it didn't seem like he was like a fresh adoptee, if you will. At least, you know? No, I think... Uh, it seems like he had been with them for a while. Yeah. Why he didn't have a lot of friends, I'm assuming it's because they moved or whatever, but um, he ended up having a lot of imaginary friends. And when he moves into this new house, he finds a new imaginary friend mm. named uh, Pilar. Pilar? No. No, definitely not. Tomas. Oh, it's Tomas. I'm sorry. P- Pilar was... Pilar uh, was the, uh, was the, the cop. social worker. Yep. The cop. Sorry. Sorry, Tomas. <laughs> um, he meets Tomas by... Going into like his mom and uh, Laura and Simone basically take a walk down the beach to this old lighthouse, and near the lighthouse are these caves. Accident at Hubbard, accident in Hubbard's cave. That's there why this uh, this comes into play. The yeah. beer for tonight, by the way. So, so they go down into this cave. The mother completely, without any kind of, uh, with just completely recklessly, lets her child run into a cave system she just on his own him. for she- a. a considerable amount of time she hands him a flashlight and she's just like all right see you later but then but then later on when she can't find him it's dangerous in here come out (laughs) well no shit it's dangerous in there it's a cave she ends up finding him though basically looking into like this weird like crevice inside the cave and he's talking to somebody and she goes who are you talking to and she goes oh that's this is my my new friend friend. uh who turned out to be uh thomas thomas uh thomas uh, and that's where this whole thing starts. So throughout the whole story now, he keeps talking to and playing games with Tomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get into this really cool, like, uh, national treasure type scavenger hunt. Oh, sort this of. part was so cool. Loved it, right? Yeah. What's not to love about it? Come on. Well, they basically... Uh, if Nick Cage was in this movie, it would have been <laughs> trying to do his best, like, like Spanish accent and speak in Spanish. It would have been amazing. <laughs> but... Um, this, that, yeah, that's where this whole thing starts. And now his Gross. now he and his friend Gross. Tomas play these games where it's like you have to, you know, you would find a key, but what does it what does that key go to? You have to go to the drawer, and then there's something else will be in the drawer, and then you know it's a it's a big game. Well, and this it only so he he leaves shells all the way back to the house so that Tomas can find mm-hmm. where he lives, and that's that kind of plays in later. But there's a so the game is uh Afoot. He tell he tells his mom he tells his mom uh, I have these special coins and if I you know I, I can't remember what he tells her the coins are for but if he collects them though he gets a wish basically well he goes looking for the coins and when they go looking for the coins instead he finds his baby teeth in this container and he goes oh they're playing the game with me mm-hmm. and he essentially says they take something of value from you and they hide it. And then you have to find the clues, and if you find the thing of value, then you get to make a wish. So, so him and mom go on this. Well, like, Laura scavenger sees this, hunt. and she's like, "What? What the? What the fuck is this?" Now yeah. she's like, "In." She's like, "I got to figure out what's going on." Yeah. Here. And so they're following. This was a, it was like a and, it was like a fun scene, but also creepy because you yeah. knew that because she kind of just assumed the whole time that Simone had set this up. Yeah. 
but she needed to see but what exactly also, he was doing. It's also <laughs> creepy because you know Simone didn't set yeah. it up. It was set up by these little ghost kids. So Well, so it turns out at the end of this first game, it leads back to they they do get a key and it leads back to the kitchen table that has like a little lock drawer mm. or or study table, whatever. And when you pull it out, it's his adoption papers and his medical papers. Mm. And he then confronts his mother being like, you're not my real mom. I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. Tomas told me all that. And the mother is just in shock. Like Mm. she has no idea how he found out about this, you know? And uh, so this starts this rift that kind of comes between the parents and the son because of obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Well, like the the very next day or a couple of days after is when a bunch of these new kids, I guess, help help me explain, uh, help me understand this. I can't because I don't really know. They were, I think that they were taking in five new kids. But it was like, there's a but whole bunch of But this was like a like, whole party of what looked like kids and is it parents. A, and is stuff? it like a competition? <laughs> like, like an orphan competition? The best five get picked? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, because they, because they, did, because they, because they did mention that it was some of the kids that were going to be staying there, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that seemed, because there were definitely a lot more than five children there. Yeah. But there was one kid that stood out amongst the crowd, and that's the kid in the super creepy burlap bag, scarecrow, dark night mask. Oh, is the first time you see him is so spooky because, yeah. like, I, I think she turns to walk into the house or something, and you just see him. And he's obviously wearing clothes that are not of this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a, like, a makeshift kind of raggedy Andy yeah, looking weird. Ha- uh, mask on made out of a burlap sack and like a button over one of the eyes and stuff just super super creepy mm-hmm. and, and uh, she goes in and but, but the creepy part about it though is as a viewer you've already seen that simone has or uh, simone has drawn a picture of his imaginary friends mm. and one of them is wearing that the, getup. The, yeah, yeah so when she sees it it's like like your hair stand up mm-hmm. on your arms because it's like holy shit <laughs> like that is creepy so she goes in to talk to Simone, and he says, I want to show you Tomas's little house. And she's preoccupied with the party, and she gets mad at him at mm-hmm. one point and stuff. And so she goes back out, and then he disappears, and she just assumes that he's, like, hiding somewhere in the house or that mm-hmm. he ran away or something. And then it, like, begins a pretty frantic search to find him, and they can't find him anywhere. And then... Tomas shows up behind her in the hallway at one point in time. Oh, I guess this is before he goes, before the kid goes missing. Well, he's missing already at that point, and she thinks but that she thinks is Tomas Simon. is yeah Simone yeah, and that scene was so creepy. Yeah, it really was because it was just it was. It, it's amazing how a little tank because like a a kid that size in real life. You just run up and kick them, mm-hmm. <laughs> <There's>, right? <laughs> you know, they're so tiny. You just kick them, <laughs> but. There's something. There was something so menacing about him, just standing there in the hallway, like completely still. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to walk toward her, and he's making these really weird, like breathing noises and stuff. And you can see she starts to get a little bit nervous, so she goes to back into the bathroom. It's a really cool scene. And uh, like he <clears throat> slams the door and smashes her fingers, and then runs away. And then that's when she thinks that Simone has ran away. And uh, that's oh, that's when you find out what what. The cave, like she goes back to the cave, thinking that he might have gone to the cave. And this cave fills with water at high tide, so she thinks she just saw her kid die. Yeah, 
Um, and then it cuts to what, like six months later. Kids Something like been that. Missing there's for six months. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of other stuff that's going yeah, on too. Though, like, like, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, want to give, I don't want to give everything away. The only thing, the only other part of the plot that I will say is that there's a very strange woman that shows up in their property, that is like hanging around. She claims to be somebody there for, uh, Simone, but she's really not, and she's this really weird character. It makes it'll make sense. I promise you when you actually watch the movie. But I wonder if the name of her character is supposed to her because her her name is Benigna. Yeah, and that's the Spanish word for benign. benign. I wonder if that has any. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Could be. I mean, that you could look into that. But but anyway, Benigna Benigna shows up claiming earlier in the movie claiming to be somebody who she's obviously not. Yeah. Um, and then she. The hell was that? Did you hear that too? Yeah, what was that? I don't know. It sounded like it came from in this room. The calls are coming from inside the house. <laughs> the George follows to the new studio. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking George. He came through the Matrix. Um, <laughs> anyway, though, yeah. So this movie, it, it basically turns into the search for Simone, though. Mm-hmm. And, and and what I love what I love about it is there's almost two haunting stories in one. Because mm. you have the haunting story of uh, Tomas. And to, to make the beer make more sense... Uh, Tomas died in a freak accident that the rest of the kids, uh, Tomas was like a deformed kid that was kind of kept away from the other kids at the orphanage. And when the other kids finally got him out, they played this cruel trick on him and he ended up dying in the cave uh, because the tide 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 came in. in. It was was a big accident and whatever, but that's where the beer comes in Mm is an accident in the caves. So you have the story of Tomas though. Be uh, making friends with uh, Simone, and you have that whole story of that haunting, right? Mm. And they hear stuff around the house too. And there's like, like uh, the mom wakes up and she hears things, and yeah. it's it's kind of creepy. But then when Simone goes missing, it almost starts a completely different haunting story, where she's the one sort of interacting with the ghosts now, mm-hmm. and she's doing one of these national treasure type quest things. To try to find the clues to find out where Simone is. It's the same. So it's, it's the same game, basically. Like yeah. it, it's almost like the ghosts have taken something of value away from her, mm-hmm. except for instead of coins this time, it's her son. And, and they, now she's on this hunt to find her son. And I don't want to give. I don't want to give it away, but I. I so I'll, I'll be vague about this. Mm. They m- masterfully intertwine the story of Peter Pan into this yeah which is really cool yeah like i'm not gonna give any more of that away i don't don't want to give it away but it's a really cool like juxtaposition of the is that the right word for it uh, of the stories maybe Um, mashing maybe i don't know something they incorporate it in a in a a brilliant way that that really 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 works uh and and i loved it i i couldn't i can't recommend this movie higher to to anybody like it's a it's it's this is movie is just dripping with Guillermo del Toro's uh, <laughs> essence though it really is like it feels like he directed this movie even though he didn't he produced it but like his his fingerprints are all over it dare I say it was an absolute treat <laughs> it was it really was <laughs> just drink drinking that del toro just sip ooze. That milk mm, 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 mm. um um so yeah. uh yeah the uh there were some like genuinely creepy parts in this movie oh yeah uh the game the one two three knock on the door game it's like Fuck, red light green creepy. light only you turn around 
Because red light green light, I don't think you turn around. I haven't played it obviously since I was a kid. I don't play. Well, I think red light green light was you stood facing the people, but you would close your eyes on red light or close your eyes on green light. Oh, is that what it was? And then open your eyes on red light. Okay. So it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Um. But so she, they show her in the very beginning of this movie when she's a little kid playing this game with all of her friends, and it was basically like friends. She would turn toward the a a tree and say, uh, "One, two, three, knock on the wall," and then. When she turned around, the kids would have to stop. And then when she turned around to say, one, two, three, knock on the wall, they'd come at her again. Mm -hmm. And whoever got to her first and tapped her on the shoulder was the winner. Well, she finally gets to the point in in this hunt for her son where she is so out of answers and all out of breadcrumbs to follow that she's like, you guys want to play a game? I'll play games with you. Do you want to play a game? So she (laughs) goes into this dark room. And she's now she's now dressed like she she redid the whole house to make it as close to the original orphanage as it because could be. She thought that's what the ghost kids wanted, right? Oh, was that a spoiler? And now she no, well no 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 no. <laughs> well, and she's now wearing like the headmistress getup and everything, mm-hmm. so it's really strange. And then she goes in and she tentatively starts playing the game. And this it doesn't scene, work at first. This oh, scene is so tense because the yeah. camera how slowly it moves. Yeah. She does one, two, three, knock on the wall, and then the camera slowly pan like like almost painfully slowly mm-hmm. crawls from her to the other side of the room. And she does it like three times and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden she goes to knock on the wall again and she hears and the door like a door just opened. Oh, so I'm and then she so she does one, two, three, knock on the wall, and she turns around, and you can see out in the kitchen, like beyond the open door, just one kid standing there. Mm-hmm. And then she gradually starts to play it, and then all of a sudden, there's six children standing there. Ooh, it's so it's, spooky. It's, it really is super spooky. <laughs> it's so cool. That was an awesome scene. Yeah, um, it was really, really, really good. I loved it. Uh, and then what was what was the other one that really had me? Uh, um shit there was another super spooky scene and i can't remember what it was well the one for me i almost don't want to talk about it because it gives the ending away but there is a scene at the very end when the reveal happens oh yeah and i just didn't expect it yeah like i didn't know what to expect because they kind of play with your expectations a little bit yeah and um i didn't expect to see what i saw and it was just it kind of caught me out of nowhere but it was super effective yeah. the way that they the way the scene i know i'm being very vague but yeah the way the scene played out i know it's an old funny movie, how we spoil movies sometimes and then other there are, times there we are don't. some <laughs> i think i spoil the movies that a like have parts that you just have to talk about mm-hmm. like for the show but also like there are some movies like this one where by giving away it'd be like talking about the sixth sense and right. then just completely giving, which we probably would, let's be honest. But like, <laughs> it's that some movies are like that, though, where I don't mm. want to spoil it for people, even yeah. if they're listening to this. So I don't want to do that for this one either. I, this was another movie where I thought the father was kind of shitty. Yeah. Same way that I thought he was in, in The Changeling, only in this one, the father, like, he actually even says at one point in time that he wants to basically give up looking for their son. And he looks at the mother, wraps his arms around her, and he goes, people lose their children all the time. We have to move on. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, Come on, man. <laughs> like, what a shitty, shitty dude. I mean, I understand I understand why he didn't want to stay in that house anymore. Yeah. Because obviously, the kid's not there. Sure. As far as he knows, the kid is not in the house anymore. 
He thinks his wife is crazy, basically. Right. And he thinks that the house is having a negative effect on her mental health. So he thinks he needs to get her. So I understand that. I do. Like, he he wants to keep the last little bit of his family that he has. Instead of staying there, spiraling out of control. Instead of staying at the house with her, though, to just be with her, knowing that she, he thinks she's losing it, Mm. he just leaves her. Well, she tells him to. She says, Give me two days at the house alone. Sure. But that wouldn't have happened if he didn't already want to leave, though. You know, if he, he could have been like, her, I will give you two days of the house, right. but I'm going to stay. Right. But who knows? That probably could have. Who knows if the well, who knows children would have been as willing to uh, give up their secrets. Right. That's that's very true. Even still, I thought he was a little bit shitty. And I hated the ending, the very, 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 very end, because I thought that he got too much of a happy ending. I know, I, I know that, um, I guess this is a bit of a spoiler, but like he no longer has a family, so that sucks. But he he definitely does end the movie on a smile, like like he got sort of a happy ending, like knowing something. I guess I don't know. I, I, I he should have died. Those are the best kind of happy endings. <laughs> he I just feel like he should have gotten died? a couple. No, not, maybe not no, died, no, no, but no. he should not no. have gotten the happy ending that he got. To me, even though this was uh this was not directed by Guillermo del Toro, this was a very Guillermo ending. Like yeah, it, it was this movie this movie had such a amazing balance of the dark and the light, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there was uh, like even in the score and stuff like that, there was like very brooding, like moody, tense moments where the score was really dark, and then there were times when, like when uh, Simone and Mom were doing their treasure hunt that the other kids had set up, like the the music was super whimsical. It was almost like you were watching a, I don't know, like a weird coming of age mm-hmm. story you know yeah absolutely it, like definitely not a horror movie type score well speaking of del toro and his <laughs> other movies uh this movie scored the biggest box office opening for a film in its native spain outgrossing pan's labyrinth wow which i think is crazy and in my opinion pan's labyrinth is the far superior oh. movie um but the fact of this movie outgrossed it says a lot yeah that's crazy um that's pretty awesome I, and i just find this very funny uh j.a boyena would actually while shooting would actually hide around the set to scare the actors <laughs> uh, to get genuine reactions and to just keep them on edge as if the, the place was actually haunted. And speaking of the place, I'm just going to throw some fucking trivia at your face. Do it. Um, a, uh... You're doing an awesome job so far. Oh, thanks, man. That's I, really pre- good. I, I appreciate that. It's really interesting um, stuff. I, I lost my train of thought here because I was trying to think of a sex joke and then that <laughs> lost and I, I was, yeah, I got nothing here. Um, they shot this movie 80% on a soundstage, which doesn't look like it at all. This was not a real house they shot in. It was all built mm. specifically for it. Mm. It's kind of crazy. That look, I mean, it looks yeah, like it looks a house. A, yeah, like it, it looks, looks It looks really good. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can tell when they're on a soundstage. Like if there's like a weird kind of, I don't know, non-connective thing about different rooms you know like they don't yeah. feel organic yeah this one didn't feel that way at all so i was a little bit shocked to hear that it was uh shot that way um was uh guillermo del toro was involved with mama right uh produced it yeah was he involved with the original because that was that andy machete 
Yes. He was was he involved in the original short at all? No. No, he saw the short and then I think produced the the movie. Okay. Cuz I'm looking I think. I'm just looking at this this shot right here of uh Tomas and that that house looks a lot so, like the house used for the original Mama short. Yeah, I so here's the thing, here's what I found about a lot of these uh Spanish and uh, I guess Mexican to a certain to a certain degree, but Spanish language films, I guess mm-hmm. what I'm saying, is that um, a lot of their imagery looks a lot the same. Mm. They really do. You can always sort of tell a Spanish movie from like an American horror movie. There's a, there's a certain look to it. I don't yeah. know why that is. But I know I, defi- I know what you're but saying. I've definitely I noticed it before. Yeah. Um, there's another movie that was done by. I was just looking at it today. I was looking at the poster because I, I made the card for. This week's episode earlier this week, because look at me getting on stuff. Oh, look at you. And there was a poster for another movie that was literally looked exactly the same. It was another Spanish movie. Oh, really? And it was like, the exact same like room almost, the same coloring, the same like the wood, the wood panels on the walls and all that. Like it's it's just very, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh you have me wondering if Man, Mama this, is This mask is terrifying. Which one? <laughs> the... the the one that Tomas wears. Oh yeah, dude. Like like He's a little kid, and I understand that he. Yes, it probably was. that wanted, was Andy Machete, by the way. He probably wanted to wear the mask because he was, you know, got bullied about uh, his facial deformities and mm-hmm. stuff. But the mask is so scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for this movie. It's very uh, effective, but yeah. gosh, what a creepy looking mask. Um, I, I, I want, I want to talk more about this movie, but I also, like I said, don't want to give much more away. So to not run the risk of doing that, I think uh, we can start wrapping up. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's anything else that you want to talk about. There was one other thing that I thought I wanted to say, but I, because I, the game, the knock on the door game, I thought was really creepy. And there was one other thing, but I, I can't really remember. I, it might have um, it, it like been. I thought there was it was like a, a oh, seance. seance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that scene. It was I say, so I, cool. I was surprised you didn't bring it up. We didn't bring it up the seance in the first movie either, but both of them had. Oh, Decent, yeah. Decently good seance scenes. But yeah. These movies are actually very similar. But then again, though, they're just haunted house movies, so I guess I understand why. But The the formula was for both. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you can do so many different things with a haunted house movie, but the formula for each of these movies was very, very similar. similar. Yeah. Uh, the seance in this movie was awesome. Yeah. I thought just the setup, like, the way the, the, way the guy was uh, drawing her route, Mm-hmm. With the the pen. Oh, that was that the, was interesting. I'd never seen that before. May, I mean, it makes sense, you yeah. know, to like keep records. But oh man, when she and, goes up to the door and she hears the kids inside, and then all of a sudden they can hear the kids screaming about yeah, they're dying and stuff. That was so spooky. Yep. And so this movie was Edgar Vivar was the guy that lost like four hundred pounds. Oh yeah. So round of applause. Applause to Edgar Vivar. <laughs> I, I think you actually edited that out earlier, so you need to explain that. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, mean, I thought the wrong guy was in the wrong movie. Whoops. Mike was getting his cast mixed up, but yeah. Way to call us out for like one of the rare times we actually edit something out. You had to, you had to call us out this time, didn't you? Well, you, you were going to say Edgar Vivar is the guy who lost all the weight, <laughs> and that would have no context whatsoever. I'm going to laugh when we listen back to this. Now we didn't actually edit it out. We just don't know what we're talking about. That would be like me, like just in the middle of the show, we're talking about a movie and then I'd just be like, and you know what? Wilt Chamberlain was a hell of a basketball player, wasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, 
there's um, that is the orphanage and the changeling recommended watching for both. Yeah, there's there's both of lots of these movies that we didn't discuss, so mm-hmm. definitely watch both of them. They were both great. Yeah. Um, out yep. of the two, would you say you had a favorite? Yeah, I would say the orphanage. The orphanage for sure yeah. was my was my top one this yeah. week. We I should lo- start doing that. We should have a top. Which one was better? We should start doing it at yeah, the end yeah, of every episode. Sure. If we actually remember. Um, stupid people. I loved the Changeling, but yeah, the Orphanage was was a jam. Yeah, I, I agree. It. it was really, really good. Well, all right. So anyway, that's next, it uh, for this week. What's next is week? Is next week, let me pull up the old schedule here. Uh, next week is Animorph and Seven. Oh, I'm excited about A couple this of one. serial killer thrillers. Because, hey, we can go outside the box every now and then, right? Of course, yeah. Duh. I mean, uh, technically, people being murdered is, speaking ho- is of, horrific. Speaking of the box, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that'll be next week. Animorph and Seven. I have no idea if you can stream these anywhere, but if you haven't seen Seven, make better life choices. Yeah, what and, are you doing? Uh, and Animorph, I'm not really sure. It's starring Willem Dafoe, if that helps, because uh, you're probably going to get a lot of kids' TV shows called Animorph. Animorphs, Animorphs. <laughs> which is the animal morphing into human weird. Don't watch it. Um, but yeah, no, this is like the uh, the, the watch, serial killer movie. Watch with... watch Alex Mack instead. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, that was a sexy puddle. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh-huh. when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, though, um, yeah, Animorph starring Willem Dafoe. That's the one that you want to find. A N A morph. Not, yeah. And not A and I. So. Exactly. So that is next week. So that's it for next week. Uh, if you want to find us on social media anytime before next week, you can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Instagram at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. You can also find us on all major streaming sites. You've clearly already found us. So tell a friend. We uh, spread the word for us. That should be a new campaign. Spread spread the good word of the buzzkill folk. And that, should, that should be a jingle. And if you don't spread the word, spread your legs. <laughs> Whoa. So that we can... <laughs> <laughs> what, James? So that we can what? I don't know. There's no way that I can spin so that, that can, into... So we can, we can tickle your fancy with our, <laughs> our, our verbal vernacular. There you go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Hey, check out Justin. And OceanRecordingStudio.com. He might spread his legs for you. He will also might make a really good record for you, which I know firsthand. Oh, God, are we doing this no, tonight? No, we're not doing it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, go, go, go visit Justin. Throw him a bone. You can just find him on social media to harass him a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Ocean Let him know you still care. OceanRecordingStudio.com or Ocean Recording on all major uh, social media. For all your fantastic, For all your fantastic audio, audio needs. needs. Uh, if you want to get a free membership to Audible for 30 days, check out our Audible link at the Buzzkill Podcast. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Audibletrial.com slash the Buzzkill Podcast. That's the one. Gotcha. Get a free 30-day membership and a, a, credit, a credit for one free book. If you cancel the membership at any time within the 30 days, you get to keep the free book. That's a heck of a deal. Why wouldn't you do Take it? Take advantage of it. And uh, it helps us out. It does. Because uh, we make some some extra money, and you know what we do? We'll buy beer with it. We'll buy beers. It's so. the best use of money. So, <laughs> All right. Well, until next week. All right, sir. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Try to have a good night. <laughs>